Hey, yo, what's going on, everyone? This is Lex James. And this is your boy, Mikey Bravo, and you're listening to The Wrestling High. And on this show, we'll keep you up to date on all things WWE and AEW, whether it's good, bad, or just completely shit. We're also going to be hitting you with all the rumors and hot topics all throughout the world of pro wrestling. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Do it. All right, this is Mild Man and Mikey Bravo. I'm sitting next to Lord have mercy, Lex James. We got a couple things that we're throwing at you here today, and one of them is Gunther and Rey Mysterio, right? Of course, we got to talk about the Intercontinental title match on SmackDown. Got the high lows for the crown jewel. The crown jewel. I was waiting for you to say that. I would have uh, What else? Some Jericho and fucking... Yeah, Briefly, like, and as brief as brief gets. Cole Cabana looks like an idiot. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, Touch like I said, that. pretty briefly on AEW real quick. So, yeah. But this is mostly a high and low for Crown Jewel. And we literally just finished watching it. It is Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, rather. Um, yeah, this was a, you know, over here it started at 12 noon. And I, I I always like these like really early Saturday afternoon pay per views. I think we only get them when they go to Saudi, but yeah, I enjoy it, them. it gives you something to do because I'm normally not doing anything on Saturdays. Right. So, you know, why not get up a little early and uh, you know, watch a pay per view? You know, um, but before that, I definitely wanted to talk about uh, Rey Mysterio versus Gunther Intercontinental Title match, main event of SmackDown the night before. I believe it was taped the week before, just because there's no way in hell that they did a live SmackDown the night before or Saudi Arabia. Um, it's not even possible. No, um, and it's funny because I don't think I saw spoilers at all, like unless I completely missed them. So well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they did because Ray obviously Ray and Gunther didn't go to Saudi Arabia. So maybe they did a live. No, nah, they didn't because Wade Barrett and Michael Cole called SmackDown. Okay, There's so definitely no way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I said before, Gunther is my current favorite in all of wrestling right now. He's dope. You know, uh, just about everything he does, his presentation, he is who he's supposed to be. Um, he's all business. There's no bullshit about him. You know, um, and we don't have enough of those, you know, type of guys anymore. He's a real throwback. And Rey Mysterio, man, like, this dude does not get the credit he deserves at all. He is 47 years old wrestling like this. As if he's still in his, like, in his prime, in his 30s. Yeah, Rey's still good. You know, like, when you, when they do, he like, back... lost a step. No, he really hasn't. Like, when they do backstage promos and, you know, they have a close-up on his face, you can kind of tell through the mask he is a little, you know, aged. But, man, in the ring... You really could not tell he no, was 47 or 37. Not at all. You know, and it's just crazy, man. Like, the dude has literally been wrestling since 1989. You may or may not have even been born when he started wrestling. I was at least one. It depends on what month he started. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's just crazy to think, you know, and he looks this good in the ring. Like, ain't, ain't too many 47-year-olds that have been doing it as long as he has consistently that look as good as Rey Mysterio, man. And this match is just so great because of the psychology he uses in this match. You know, you look at the, uh, you know, the face-off between these two, and obviously, you know, that tells a story. 
you know, how the hell is Ray going to overcome this and win the Intercontinental title? But the way Ray wrestles this match makes so much sense. You know, there's parts where Gunther's trying to body slam him and Ray is literally just holding on to his body, just locking up, you know, and Ray, and Gunther's just trying to fight him off as Ray just like holds on to different parts of his body. He does like a crucifix slam, you know, what was the one sunset flip powerbomb that he did that Gunther made look so, he look, made it look too smooth almost. For someone his size, like it looks so good. That's the one thing. You got so many guys out here that try and be like the next Rey Mysterio. They took the flips, but they didn't take the psychology. Zero psychology. At all. Rey Mysterio knows when and where and why to do things, you know? Yeah, it's what makes him as great as he is, man. Like, he really is an all-time great. And I and I mean, like, all-time great. He's, He's the greatest luchador of all time. Yeah, I, I, I no argument here. Even over Mil Mascaris, you know, um... Just Rey Mysterio, man, like the fact that he's still going and he's still doing it at this level. Like you said, he hasn't lost a step. He really hasn't. He hasn't. This is like, and he, he came out with no fuzzies. I knew you were no going to say fuzzies. that. So that's that's another thumbs up for this. Man. That gets a high in and of itself. Yeah, no fuzzy Ray. No that, fuzzy that's Ray is old a favorite. school Ray. WCW Ray. That's what I felt like I was watching. He looked like ECW or WCW Ray in this match. Yeah. As far as like the, like he doesn't the get up. He just he, and he's still in the same shape. He just has more tattoos. Yeah, he takes a vicious power bomb from Gunther in here and kicks out. I was really kind of like surprised about the kick out from the power bomb because I'm pretty sure that's his finisher. Unless the finisher that we saw in this match might be his new finisher, as far as Gunther goes. Um, you know, Ray goes for a six one nine, and Gunther catches him with a huge boot that just lays him out, and then he picks him up by his left arm. And he yanks him up from under from the ground, and while he's in midair, Gunther just clotheslines him back down, and he gets the one, two, three. And it's probably not something he can do to everybody. I mean, he has a huge, you know, height and weight advantage over Rey Mysterio, and he showed that throughout the match, just tossing him around whenever he wanted to. Telling the story of, hey, I'm two times this guy's size. Yeah, but just the way you know these guys wrestled this match was just great. You know, it's I was kind of hoping this would have made the uh, the Saudi Arabia pay per view. Um, but either way, it, it wound up being a great SmackDown main event. And uh, even though it's not on Crown Jewel, I'm going to give it a high anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Gunther is slowly but surely restoring prestige back into this Intercontinental title, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see more pay-per-view matches out of him. We only have the one title match with him and Sheamus. You know, they did have the Donnie Brooks six-man tag, but that wasn't for the title. But, dude, to me, Gunther is one of the reasons to watch SmackDown, along with, you know, Roman and the Bloodline and Sammy. Now Bray Wyatt, obviously, to me, Gunther's right up there with them. Yeah, he's doing his part. Yeah, he, he's my favorite. I, I fucking love watching anything he does. Everything he does makes sense. It's all stiff. It looks legit. And it's, it's no bullshit. It's just straight to the point. Yeah. This is what I do. Yep, I I love it. Everything about it. I want him to go through the whole fucking roster. I wouldn't even be mad if he won the Rumble. I would love to see someone like him win the Rumble because he would just wreck shit in that. you imagine that? I think he's going to have a big Rumble um, uh, this coming year. Imagine if they they just fucking swerve us all and he wins the Rumble. It would be crazy. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think he's going to have a big performance. He's going to have a standout performance in that Rumble. And almost, there used to be a time where almost every Rumble, there would be that one standout performer. Now, you know, whether or not, most, most of the time they didn't end up winning, but they left their mark and now, they left a lasting impression. Bray Wyatt do it? 
Roman, his first Roman fumble. Roman did it. There was a few Diesel. Times. Diesel. Diesel set the uh, the original record for seven eliminations. That was in 94, and I think. he had a rumble where he didn't win, but he was last two, and he had to, he set the record for the yep. eliminations again. That's what I'm saying. So I, I feel like um, Gunther could be one of those guys. Like, he might last all the way to, like, the final three or something like that. You know what I mean? And he's in there for a while, probably racks up the most eliminations. Like, I want to see him fuck shit up in that. That's what he should do. That's what I want to see. I want to see him with the standout performance. Like he looks the best as far as uh, the guy who didn't win the Rumble. You know what I mean? I think that would Even be great. Even still as an Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. I, oh, I want that belt on him for a while. I, I, don't, I, don't care. I, don't, I don't care to see him lose that title anytime soon. If that means he has to have the title for a year, go for it. Yeah. And, 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 and. I have to point out the new side plates on the Intercontinental title that has Gunther's name. Yeah, the the title looks beautiful all of a sudden. It has, you know, the Gunther nameplates and has the Austrian flag underneath, but just that little touch, it's plain and simple. They didn't go overboard, overdo anything, but those nameplates or side plates, whatever you want to call them, those make that Intercontinental title look beautiful now. Yeah, it looks like a whole new belt. He is making, he's not just restoring faith in the Intercontinental title in general, but in that belt itself because I, I remember you and i were talking about how we weren't really huge fans of the belt at first like the design but i think it looks great on gunther and now that they added the side plates and i'm pretty sure they have the side plates on the u.s title because i'm I, I do remember bobby lashley having that and i'm pretty sure seth rollins has yeah, that the u.s now. title is dope dude the side plates on the intercontinental title made it a whole new yeah championship. i like it i like it it definitely makes it stand out more in a good way so that was gunther and ray mysterio like you said High on your part, high on my yeah, part. Yeah, definitely. Great match. Great TV match. But on to Crown Jewel, which apparently almost, you know... Crown Jewel. <laughs> apparently this show, uh, days you know before, the days leading up, um, there was um, news about an imminent attack from Iran that had a lot of people uh, worried within WWE that were monitoring the situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that whole shit, like... I mean, the fact that you have to deal with shit like this every time you go around there, it wasn't it makes that... you wonder why they even went in the first place and did this whole shit. I mean, obviously, they have they make a shit ton of money off of these, but, I mean, is it really worth it? Because it wasn't that long ago. I can't remember which... I want to say it was 2019. I, I'm pretty sure this is before the pandemic, right? Where, like, a lot of the, a lot of the roster, a lot of the staff, outside of, like, Vince McMahon, Brock Lesnar, and a handful of others who had a private jet... They were basically held there a couple more days. Yeah, for some reason. And it, it was almost like there was a rumor, like there was a holdup on money between Vince McMahon and whoever, you know, he was doing business with. I'm not too sure who that would be. But it's like, man, you were putting so many lives yeah. at risk. Like, In a country that's not yours, you can't do anything about it. You can't that. do a damn thing about it. You were, like, you were at their mercy. Yeah. You know, it's just... It's, I mean, I get the money, but it's just like... Do you want to deal with that and then stuff like this? Not to mention, it's so damn far. Yeah, that... I so damn far. Playing for that long. You, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just... Too much can go wrong up there in that amount of time. Right. So I, I just, you know... Thankfully, you know, apparently it was said that, you know, while they were monitoring the situation that, uh, you know, I guess the uh, imminent threat wasn't going to be anywhere near Riyadh. Saudi Arabia, which is where Crown Jewel is being taken place. Um, so I guess they just, you know, they 
Went there according to schedule. Uh, they said, oh, fuck it. It's going to be in the next city over. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're good. We might hear the echo from the bombs when we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of bombs, you start off with a bomb of a fucking match, and it's Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley of all matches to open Part with. Two. Part two. Bobby! Bobby! As Brock Lesnar was saying. And some asshole in the background is playing fucking Styles P. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Like I said, I live on top of a fucking bar. Um, but anyway, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley starting off Crown Jewel. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have been mad if this, you know, finished the show. If this was the actual main event, even over Roman and Logan Paul. But nonetheless, opening match, Brock and Bobby. Bobby's out first. Followed by Brock and Brock Lesnar, you know, before he even makes it into the ring, Bobby Lashley just straight up attacks him, runs him into the steel steps, spears him on the outside, throws him back in the ring, hits him with another spear. Brock goes to the outside again, gets speared through the barricade. It's the way a fight between these two should go. Right out the gate. Smash mouth in your face. If anything that surprised me, it looked like Bobby was like the heel in this match. He was getting a heel reaction. You know, and I for a little bit there. I feel like that's more that Brock is just more popular than Bobby Lashley. But the way they're playing this up, and this is the thing that's been kind of confusing. I don't think we've talked about it, but it's like Bobby Lashley's been a face. We know that, and Brock can really be whatever he wants. But I think Brock Lesnar's at a point in his career where I don't think it matters what he does. The fans are going to love him. Yeah. So are they going with Bobby being the heel now? Because they just know they're, you know, that why fight trying to get them to boo Brock Lesnar? They're just not going to. But then what does that do for Bobby? Because he can't be a heel. We've seen this already. Right. And not just that, Brock ain't going to be around the whole time. Yeah. So you turn, you kill Bobby's momentum as a face just for a couple of months? That, that, that's, what I, that's what I'm kind of like, you know, confused about. I mean, the, the whole fact that it was in another country, can, they can play off that too. Like, oh, they booed him because. I guess. They're mostly casual fans. They know Brock Lesnar because his name, like you said, is bigger. But WWE is never going to say that, that no. they're more casual fans. But I know what you're saying. But You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, Bobby looked strong in this match. He did. I mean, the German suplexes he was taking, he was taking them better than usual. He wasn't landing on his shoulder, they but man. They looked violent. They looked violent as all hell, man, because it looked like he was landing right on his fucking neck. But, I mean, he... They looked better than the ones he's taken previously. They definitely know? did. They definitely did. And Brock Lesnar hit him with an F5 right after that for a near fall. And, you know, they fight a little bit more. Brock Lesnar, they fight to the outside. I think Bobby Lashley clotheslines him out, uh, you know, over the top rope on the ringside. Helicopters him through the fucking steel post. Which, actual steel post. They aren't them big hexagon things right. anymore. Whatever the fuck they are. So, you know, they get Brock and Bobby back in the ring. I think Bobby Lashley hits him with his one-arm spine buster. Then he gets him in the hurt lock, and he has him in the hurt lock for practically the rest of the match. And then, you know, in the middle of the hurt lock, the referee is asking Brock if he wants to give up. And Brock Lesnar even says, I don't want to give up. Shut up. (laughs) So as he's about to fade, Brock Lesnar, he kind of comes back too. He uses the nearest turnbuckle to, you know, kind of like push off of it. He lands on Bobby Lashley onto the mat. Lashley's shoulders are still pinned to the mat. And Brock Lesnar gets the surprising one, two, three. I like the finish because it leaves it open for them to have a trilogy. 
like I said before the match even started, because they had the Rumble match last year. This was part two, and now they can have another one. When is that, though? Because do you wait as long as WrestleMania? Do you go to Rumble? I don't think we're going to see it at War Games and Survivor Series. That's just me personally, I don't think. But if they, are they able to draw it out to Mania? I don't know. Maybe, because I, I think... I would love to see like, it at I Mania. I want to see Bobby Lashley go after Roman at some point. Yeah, me too. So maybe they go that way. I don't maybe know. Brock Lesnar costing Bobby is still in play. But, I mean, at the same time... I think the one thing that stands out the most is Bobby dominated most of this match, and he only lost because Brock kind of outsmarted maybe, him. Maybe they play off that, and Bobby does get a shot at Roman at some point. Right, because Bobby does he does wind up the, attacking him at the end of this match and puts him in a hurt lock again. The fact that Brock had to beat Bobby the way he did bothers Brock, so he challenge he, he attacks Bobby off of that the strength of that. Mm-hmm. Like you had me, and I had to resort to these measures to beat you, so I, I need to prove to myself. It's just really interesting how they're doing all this. That's just part about it. You don't know where they're going. It feels like they're kind of going back as far as, you know, the original dynamic with Bobby Lashley as the heel and Brock as the face. Because, again, Bobby Lashley attacking him at the end, yeah, they're saying it's frustration. And they're kind of like, you know, not necessarily justifying why he's doing it, but it's still a heel thing to do. Brock won a babyface way. That's how yeah. Brett beat Austin the first time they had a match. Survivor Series at the Garden. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a babyface way of beating a heel. So it makes the heel, you know, look stronger. Bobby Lashley, in this case, in this match, was the heels. Now, I'm just saying, as far as going forward from this match, is Bobby Lashley going to remain a heel now? So I, I don't know. I, it just He wasn't a clear heel, but in this match, he was. Like you said, he was booed. He, he, he had heel tendencies. He attacked them before the match started. Attacked them after the match. Well, if he does go back heel, it's just going to be a lot of rough promos to sit through again. And no MVP to help him. Um, yeah. But again, as far as this match goes, I give it a high. Yeah, the- I'll give it a high too because it's just, again, I've wanted to see this for a long time. The Rumble one wasn't like the best, but it was alright. This one was better. And they didn't give up too much. It, surprisingly enough, it didn't feel like it, but this match was only six minutes long. It felt like at least around ten. Yeah, I, I feel like another one's coming at some point. It's just like you said, when? How long did they drag Right, out? exactly. Being that, all right, if we're in November, very early November, WrestleMania is still almost five, like about five months away. So do yeah. they wait that long? How, how do you... Like, Maybe how, they blow the feud off at Survivor Series. Yeah, possibly, and that's only a few weeks away too. That's less than a month. That's later this month. And then we don't have anything to the Rumble. There's no more day one. So I don't know. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be interesting how they play this that's out. That's going to be a long layoff. Right. Unless Brock's not coming back until then. But, I, I mean, the Rumble's in the Alamo Dome. I can imagine him being advertised for that. I don't know how or why. Maybe he's in the Rumble and Bobby's in there, too. And they both kind of take each other out. And that could that's kind of what they used as maybe, far as Goldberg. Maybe that's what they can do. He, they when can Goldberg and Brock were feuding, they used the Rumble to, you know further their feud so they they could probably do the same you know now that i'm thinking about it maybe brock yeah, and bobby both make the idea. rumble you know they and maybe fuck with each other eliminate each other and then that leads to them going to mess at mania boom look at that we just figured our own shit out <laughs> fucking need anybody to answer our questions yeah right uh second match of the night was oscar and alexa bliss versus dakota kai and eo sky for the this women's really tag titles stinker. i mean Asuka and Alexa Bliss literally just won the tag titles, what, a week or two ago? 
and uh, they drop him right back to Eosky and Dakota Kai. Um, I feel like that has something to do with the little thing before the match where Bray Wyatt's logo came up on the TV and Alexa looked at it like, what the fuck? Like, right, the upside-down moth or I, whatever it is. I think she's going to end up being Abby the Witch. That was the clearest indication that Alexa Bliss is going to be a part of this now. Like, it's always been hinted at and rumored, obviously, because of their connection from a couple years ago. But that was, like, blatant. It literally flashed on the screen, and she saw it and then kind of, like, snapped back out of, back into what, you know, what she was saying in the promo. But definitely something to keep your eyes on. Didn't uh, Nikki Cross interfere in this match? She did. She's actually uh, the one who cost um, Alexa Bliss the match, and they may play on... Their old friendship, too. Yeah, because Alexa left that friendship to join Bray Wyatt in the first place. That's right. So that's right. No shit. Nikki Cross can come in some type of way. I don't know. Let's see. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Um, I give it a mid. It was nothing really wrong with it other than the fact that it was just... It was the match that, you know, you came down to watch after watching Brock and Bobby. It was I'm the filler match. It low. It's just... To go from Brock and Bobby to this was like... And the worst part was is that in Saudi you can't see no cheeks during the match. No. So it's just like, damn, at least could have had that, you know? I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I'm going to give it a low, though. I was a stinker. I got you. Well, I mean, I think I would use that word stinker to describe the next match. Um, and I'm just continue to be disappointed. It's weird, man. I really like Karrion Cross, even though his two biggest matches have been kind of blah. And maybe it has to do with Drew McIntyre. Uh, I, I don't want to blame Drew McIntyre. But this match, I don't know, cage match. I wanted to get excited because the strap match annoyed me. The finish annoyed me. Scarlett just comes right in front of the fucking ref and sprays God knows what in Drew's face. Yeah, it's a strap match and there's no rules apparently. So, you know, you could, so you, you could have just did this in the very beginning of the fucking match. Why'd you wait until r- right before he hits the Claymore? It's just stupid and lazy. Yeah, I think lazy. Cross is gonna be a main event guy, but I don't. I just the guy's got a great look. I don't know what he's doing right now. Like this, this or, cage match. Drew in a cage match. It's like you hear that. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, but first off, a woman is refereeing a, a fucking cage it match. Have been a referee at all, let alone a woman referee. And that's not because there's anything wrong with women referees, but it's. You're uh, just logically. Logically, is it really like these guys are each six four, six five, two fifty at least? In a cage. In a cage, and you got a woman in there to stop them. We're women supposed to believe this, you know. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> the whole point. Like women could referee women's matches. That makes yeah, perfect that makes sense. More sense. You know, I'm fine with that. It's just come on, let's be real here. When you're watching Dynamite and Aubrey Edwards is fucking. I mean, granted, Aubrey Edwards is probably bigger than half the fucking roster in AEW. Yeah. Uh, maybe her nose is, at least. But, <laughs> I mean, but still, it just, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. I, I just, it shouldn't have had a ref at all. And especially not a woman one. I get it. But, still. Yeah, just, that, shit like that takes you away from it the match before it starts. takes you away from the match. Before it even starts. Um, but you know, the one spot, they, they worked hard, you know, the one spot where, um, the superplex that came from the, nearly the top of the cage where McIntyre superplex carrying cross right, uh, back into the ring from nearly the top of the cage. Kind of scary. Cause like you can see where like carrying cross is like almost pushing off in order for Drew McIntyre to like safely suplex him off. And, you know, you and I are watching that spot, you know, in the replay and it's like, man, so, so much, much can go wrong on the way down. Yeah. Two guys that big, especially. 
Yeah. They, like, thank God they landed it good. They landed it perfectly, as good as he could have. And it looked good. It's just, damn. You, you know, like, you really take spots like that for granted. Yeah. You know, because they make it look so good and, like, it's nothing, you know. They're really pros in there. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to point that out. But, like, again, the one part where Drew McIntyre is about to walk out of the cage, and I literally called it five seconds before. I'm like, watch, Scarlett's going to spray him in the eyes with some stupid shit. And what do you and know, right on cue? comes, spray, spray. <laughs> so that pushed Drew McIntyre all the way to the back of the other corner. And as Karrion Cross is climbing or, or crawling over to the door, Drew McIntyre, you know, by the grace of God, got his eyesight back just in time to give, you know, Karrion Cross an ankle lock and to keep him from getting out of the cage. Um, Drew McIntyre tries to go out to the cage and Scarlett locks the cage door. So then Drew McIntyre goes to climb over and Scarlett tries to unlock the cage door for Karrion Cross to come out, but Drew hits the floor first and wins the match. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to go mid on that one. <sighs> Just because... Like, I, I, I still have faith in Cross. I, I'm not giving... I like Cross, and, and that's why I think it's so odd about it. Like, I'm still... I'm still intrigued by him. I think him and Scarlett, they look great. Their entrance is awesome. You know, they look like a million bucks, man. And like, I, I don't know if I said it on the show or if it was just you and I bullshitting, but Karrion Cross is my pick to be the next king of the ring. I think King Cross just has a great ring it to it. makes sense. And he could do like some sort of darker twist to the king and it not be fucking corny like most people that don the fucking crown. You know what I mean? Actually, Xavier Woods is pretty fun as the king of the ring. It barely lasted, but it was kind of fun, and, and he made it work. But I feel like Karrion Cross could, you know, you could call him King Karrion or King Cross, whatever. And he just looks great, man. He has a huge, like, he got, like, bigger since he left last yeah. year, since he got released, you know. Um, and more importantly, his hair didn't look ridiculous in this match. No, I think he's got a product that keeps it, like, kind of wet. I'm sure he was told, you look like a moron <laughs> in that strap match. He, somebody had to tell him because he looks like a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> like you look like an asswipe. Um, I, I'm going to give this a mid, too. I, I didn't want to give it a low. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the worst match. It's just... It was a stinker, but it was still, it's a, it's a mid-stinker. Mm. I'm glad Karrion Cross didn't get pinned, and I'm glad neither one of them did, albeit, you know, having a ref yeah, there for I, I no reason. Yeah, I said they're going to have something where one's crawling out and one's climbing out. Yeah, I do remember I you saying that. I wish there was no fucking ref. So we got the six-man tag, uh, the Judgment Day versus the OC. And I'm sorry, I, I just, I can't bring myself to care about Gallus and Anderson. <laughs> I tried, I tried. I, I got, I tried getting excited when they came back a couple weeks. I'm like, all right, it makes sense. Gives AJ something to do. We're seeing AJ, you know, at least presented on Raw because for a while we barely saw him. No, I feel you though. I, I can't. But I just can't. I'm trying and I can't. They just look. I don't know. I. I, I okay. Like Gallo's got that fucking beard that's like a ruler hanging from his chin. <laughs> like what is that? He looks ridiculous. You know. I, yeah, I, don't I know. just don't really care. I mean, it's cool to have another tag team, but that's all they'll ever be. They yeah. shouldn't be anything more than a tag team. I don't know. I, I'm not too. Uh, I like I said. I, uh, just not overly thrilled about this whole thing the judgment day i mean honestly rhea ripley steals the show every single time 
Um, a lot of that has to do with how fucking gorgeous she is. I mean, my God. Her pants, it don't matter if she's in Saudi Arabia yeah, or... Like no. And they're letting her have, like, longer hair now. Which is awesome. Yeah. She looks even better. Um, but she really is stealing the show as far as Judgment Day goes. And I feel like... Um, like I, I Was it you that said it? I wouldn't mind... Like, her music being the Judgment Day's music. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, going forward. Yeah, for herself. Right. Because, um, you know, there's times where Finn Balor just looks, like, just fucking dorky. <laughs> he tries to be too cool. I don't know. Damien Priest has his moments on the mic. And then, you know, you're reminded why Damien Priest is in the mid-card or and barely Dominic upper. just Dominic. Dominic has heat for all the wrong reasons. Because <laughs> he just, you know, everybody wants to see Dominic get his ass kicked. It doesn't matter whose son he was or who, who, whose son he'd be. You know what I mean? Like, everybody yeah, wants to see yeah, him get his ass kicked. Ass and that's kind of a hurt. good thing, but it's, you know, once that happens, then what? Do you want to see Dominic again? You know, so I, I don't know. Rhea Ripley did play a part in this match, and she's the one that stood out the most just because she did, you know, right before AJ Styles is about to hit a phenomenal forearm, she, you know, took him on her shoulders and drove him face first into the apron, and that was enough for Finn Balor to hit the coup de gras on AJ Styles. He got the pin on AJ, and the Judgment Day wins. At least the Judgment Day is getting some wins. You know, I guess we're probably going to get Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley whenever, you know, they're ready to you know, give us that match. I don't know when that would be, if that's Survivor Series or whatnot. I just hope, you know, as the, the great work that Rhea Ripley is doing, she's not really wrestling, and there might be a reason to that. She might not, you know, still be cleared. And this is a great way of showing her, you know, showcasing her and displaying her. Yeah, didn't she get hurt? Yeah, didn't she have something with her heart or whatever? I can't, something like that. I couldn't remember. But that could be a reason. Maybe she's still not cleared and, you know, she's doing limited work. But she's, I feel like she's getting more noticed this way. You know what I mean? Like, she body slammed fucking Luke Gallows on the outside, which kind of buried him for the rest of the time that we'll ever see him. <laughs> but whatever, it's Luke Gallows. And Rhea Ripley kind of is like on some China shit right now, which I'm okay with because she's a hell of a wrestler. He buried him for the rest of the time. We got to see him. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No. But, I mean, I, I I just hope Rhea Ripley, like, honestly, I would love to see her go and win the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, Because, you know, whether she would go on to face, like, someone like Becky or Bianca or even Ronda, like, Rhea Ripley's going to be a fucking, like, she's going to be money. Like, they tried with her, but they didn't really try. They just kind of threw her in there, and, and, you know, at the end of the Thunderdome era and... They had kind of ruined her as far as booking. Like, she was just kind of there. Yeah. Once Charlotte came back. Try with her. No. Once Charlotte came back, they barely knew what the fuck to do with Rhea. They saddled her in a stupid tag team with Nikki A.S.H. Honestly, at the very least, Judgment Day is doing her favors. And in turn, she's making them a lot more watchable. So, I don't don't see anything wrong with that. As far as the match goes, I'll give this a mid-two. Um, I think the right team won. I could stomach uh, Judgment Day more than um, two-thirds of the OC, not named AJ Styles. The Flat Earther? From Flat Earth, Georgia. Fifth match. All right. This match actually wound up being a nice little surprise and a lot better than I think either of us expected. Braun Strowman versus Omos. I thought this was going to be a shit show. And uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was actually... um, 
pretty solid. Didn't overstay its welcome. It actually got more time than fucking Brock and Bobby by a minute and 20 seconds. Um, but not much, you know, really needs to be done. Omas isn't that bad. And this is probably like the best ring gear he's had. He looked like a legit wrestler now because before they were having to come out in wife beaters and fucking jeans or whatever. Because like, what do you, how do you dress a seven foot three, seven foot four fucking monster? Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? What you, put on? Um, you can always give him Andre singlet, but <laughs> I guess. Um, but like, that'll be a little ridiculous. Uh, he looked like Big Show. But, like, he actually looked like a fucking star. And he didn't have MVP with him. Um, I wonder if that was MVP's choosing or whatever. Maybe he can't. I don't know. Um, but I'm sure... You know. I don't think he can. Or oh, he chooses not to go for something. But. Okay. Well, I can't blame him for that. Um, but it was just Omos and Braun. But, yeah, this was a cool big man match. Omos showed that he can actually, you know, given the chance... He can sh- he he can show his stuff like he's he can actually work for someone his size like he moves around pretty well all things considered we've had guys like the great Kali who aren't that much fucking yeah, bigger Kali but he just looked like he was like a cinder block sitting on two toothpicks yeah or but two left feet <laughs> Omas did pretty good right you know like, I, this wasn't gonna this wasn't sloppy like I thought it was gonna be the one spot where uh, Braun Strowman tries the Strowman Express bullshit where he you know runs around the ring and shoulder blocks you I mean, he runs right into he just gets he runs right into a fucking brick wall that's named Omas and Omas just fucking clobbers him and flattens him and they made Omas look strong in here like Braun Strowman sold a lot for him in this match he fucking flung him around he did the big man move but Braun Strowman is usually the one that's doing the flinging around and Braun got flung around to the other side of the ring it was different to see yeah you know so it was cool it it, it didn't look phony it looked you know like a fucking monster fight Omos I didn't realize he was that big bro. he has a lot more for a little more value than we thought he didn't attempt a powerbomb, thank God, because I don't think even Braun Strowman nah, is strong I enough. I thought he could, but hell no. But he is definitely strong enough to power slam him, and the power slam looked pretty impressive. And uh, that used to be, that was one of Braun Strowman's finishing moves, you know, back when he beat Goldberg. That's how he finished this one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it was impressive. It was a nice uh, nice finish. It was because Omos the one, is two, so three. big, bro, that it's like, yo, he really just hoisted him up and held him up there for a little bit. He did. And, and the thing is, Omas still looks strong because he, I would say he dominated he the, his ass the whole time. most of the match, I would say. So maybe we see it again, I don't know. But I, if we do see it again, it wouldn't, you know, necessarily bother me because, you know what, this was a, a lot better. Yeah, it was, it was kept surprising. Short. Like, surprisingly good. Kept short and sweet, you know. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. I give this a high. Yeah, I'd give this surprisingly a high. I give this a high. Jimmy and Jay Uso, Ridge, the Fridge, and Butch. The fighting fellas. The wrestling buddies, the brawling buddies, the brawling brutes. However many fucking nicknames these guys got. <laughs> Usos versus all of the above. Tag titles on the line. And apparently the SmackDown before this, um, the New Day had basically laid down the challenge that whoever wins this match, um, you know, whoever wins the tag titles, the New Day is going to get a shot. And apparently it's it's mainly because the Usos are approaching the New Day's, you know, record-long tag team title reign. Oh, I was going to say, so you just get to come out and say, hey, I'm, I get a title shot next? Well, that's, yeah, well, that's why. It's because the New Day, I think it was Xavier Woods who was saying, it's like, you know, we're not going to let you break our record without a fight if that you makes happen a to come more out. Sense. So I can appreciate that, and I can see, you know, hey, you're going to beat the, the Usos beat the New Day in order to, you know, not only defend the tag titles, but... 
Now you're the new record holder, basically. So I actually like that. But, you know, kind of gives away the, 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 the finish to this match. I don't think anybody really thought Butch and Ridge were going to win this match anyway. But it was a really fun match. I, I would say it's one of the better matches of the night. Um, yeah. Apparently, Jay Uso's wrestling with a broken wrist, a broken right wrist that uh, Butch was working on for uh, the bulk of the match. And it did kind of look like Jay was um, was limping for a little bit of the match. But maybe he was just selling and maybe that was, you know, maybe that was just me. Um, but, you know, the Usos did wind up winning this match. And uh, went about ten and a half minutes. I think we did, cool. get, we did get, um, didn't we get run-ins from, like, fucking Solo Sokoa and somebody else? Oh, no, that was later on. What am yeah, I thinking? No. That's that's in the main event, and I'm an idiot. Yeah, you jumped ahead there. Jumped ahead a little bit. That's a different Uso. Leaping Lex James. Leaping Lex. Look at that. Lyrical Lex last week. Leaping Lex this week. This is L's. All day. I ain't holding any of them, though. <laughs> Speaking of L's, last woman standing match. Bianca Belair, Bailey, Raw Women's title. Um, this was mainly, you know, a, a typical last man or last woman standing match, I, I guess I should say. Um, but this was a typical last woman standing match. Good one. You know, a lot of weapons, a lot of um, using your environment. A couple spots in particular when they were fighting up by the ramp, by the entranceway, and Bailey hit Bianca with a Bailey to belly onto like the, the stage floor. And the way Bianca landed, man, she took that shit pretty harsh. Made it look really good. Um, yeah. And then she um, she pulled out, what was that, like some kind of production card or whatever? Yeah, one of them little carts where you just, it's on wheels and open it and they pull the cables and shit out. Right, so Bailey ran one of those into Bianca and Bianca just was like trapped in there. And she got out at seven, still fighting Bailey off. And somehow a little bit right after that, Bailey comes out with a fucking golf cart. And... One thing that was kind of a head scratcher, like she acted like she was gonna like run up on her and dry, and run her over, and, and then she just pulled up and stopped. Yeah, and got kicked out. <laughs> and Bianca didn't even bother to move; she just waited for her to stop. It's like, oh, what's that about? So I guess Bailey doesn't want to win the woman's title. <laughs> Interesting. I, I felt that exactly what you said. <laughs> I was like, like okay, what's that about? Yeah. I mean, it led to a kind of a cool spot where, like, they somehow ended up on top of the fucking golf cart, and Bianca was throwing some, like, fucking haymakers in there that John Moxley ought to fucking take note of. She yeah, is. She's just a better working person he does. No shit. Um, and let's be honest, the Royal Women's title means a lot more than the AEW World title right now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Hopefully that changes in a couple weeks. Um, but, yeah, and there was even a spot where Bailey's holding on to the fucking roof of the golf cart as Bianca drives it down and she stopped short and there was a sp- there was a spot where Bianca was supposed to yank Bailey off the fucking roof of the golf cart onto a table and she does it only the table did not want to cooperate and Bailey took a nasty spill kind of like bounced off of she it she definitely bounced off of it and looked pretty brutal um and it sucked because uh that table had to break, apparently, so uh, Bianca powerbombed her fucking clean right through the middle. But Bailey got up right at nine. Um, the one spot that was really brutal to me, too, when um, Bianca was attempting a 450 splash onto Bailey, and Bailey was laying on like a pile of chairs, and Bailey moves, and Bianca ate that 450 splash onto yeah, the steel chairs. Yeah, what the fuck? 
No that, need for that. that no need for that. That could have been so much worse. Thankfully, she didn't hurt herself, but man, that could have been a fucking disaster. Hell of a spot there. But the fucking spot of all spots was that the, the fucking KOD that Bianca gave Bailey and like she basically like landed knee first onto the top of the fucking chair that was like folded out. That's just just hearing that it hurts. It just looked awful. And it's just like, why are you like these girls are trying to kill themselves? Um and Bianca wins by stuffing Bailey inside of a ladder, in between the ladder. And then pushing the ladder underneath the bottom turnbuckle. So this way, Bailey can't get out. And she gets the 10 count. Bianca wins. Um, hell of a match. A fun brawl. Yeah, it was I, a fun, smart way to finish it off. Yeah, my thing is this. Bailey has eaten two big losses since coming back. Ladder match. Last, last woman standing. Granted, she hasn't been pinned. So there's that. But how many more gimmick matches are Bianca and Bailey going to have? Is this the end of this feud now? Because who's going to beat Bianca? Is Bianca going to hold the title for another for a year? I don't I, I don't know. I just feel like Bianca's better at chasing at a certain point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, a match I would love to see Bianca in at WrestleMania if they somehow get to it would be her and Charlotte Flair. But to me, Bianca it has to happen in WrestleMania. Right, but to me, Charlotte has to be the champ, and Bianca has to chase. Mm-hmm. That's how that story needs to be told, in my opinion. So I feel like Bianca is better when she's in chase mode. She's been a dominant champ for a while. She's held the belt for a while, and I thought Bailey was going to be the you know the ideal one to take it off of her. Yeah, so did I. You know, especially with the the whole damage control and all that. So I just. Is this feud going to keep going or like what? Like who's the next one to go up against Bianca? What do you do with Bailey? I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't, uh, the only thing that makes, doesn't make sense. Like if this feud keeps going, go, all right, well, what match did they have now? Just had a ladder match. Then you had a, a fucking last woman standing. You had a hell in a cell match a couple years ago. So what's next? If you have another one. <laughs> I just like, yeah, like, you know, what do they have? It's just kind of like, you know, these are two matches, match types that are usually blow off the feud. Not yeah, I don't know continuum. So I don't know. That's my only thing. Uh, the match itself, it gets a high. Yeah, I'll give it a high. I thought Bailey was going to win. But again, it was a good match. All the spots you mentioned. Yeah. I'll give it a high. I just want to see where they're going to go with it. Because Bianca is better in chase mode at some point. She is. And she's beaten Becky, Sasha. Now she got to beat Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte's the last one, I believe, um, uh, as far as the um, the horse, horsewoman go. You know? But, yeah, I just... Because uh, I don't... I don't, like, obviously, you know, Ripley and Bianca would be great. But it doesn't seem like they're anywhere near that anytime soon. Because you still got to pay off Bianca... Uh, not Bianca, Ripley and Beth. Point, but then Ripley got hurt. Right. And, and, yeah, they were supposed to fight on Money in the Bank. And that's when Ripley got hurt. But at the same time, you have to pay off this Beth Phoenix shit first. Yeah. That has to be paid off first. You can't that just, happens. Right. And that has to happen before Ripley gets into the hey, title maybe scene. it's the role I'm going to one day. That's right. You are going to Raw this Monday. I forgot about yeah, that. Maybe Edge comes back on Raw. That'd be kind of cool. Comes in Scranton. Forgot all about that shit. Yeah. I feel like you just remembered. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Find those tickets in your pocket Tuesday. Like, fuck, this was yesterday. So Bray Wyatt came all the way to Saudi Arabia. 
They cut a promo. Maybe he came trying to hide from Uncle Howdy. I think that's what it was, but no luck. Didn't work. No luck. He got actually welcome back chants from Saudi Arabia. So it's kind of cool to see Saudi Arabia actually knows who Bray Wyatt is. Yeah. I like this. It's not just rich guys sitting in recliners. Yeah. In the front row. <laughs> waiting on Yokozuna and Ultimate Warrior to fucking come out. <laughs> They'll be waiting forever. Instead uh, we get that other guy, what's his name? Hiroki Sumi. I'm yeah. I'm still waiting for him. Um, but yeah, Bray Wyatt, you know, he talks about how, you know, he reveals that he comes from a, a wrestling family. He doesn't say who, but this is the first time he's actually acknowledging that out in, you know, in the open like that. So that's kind of cool. And he was saying, it's like, you know, great, being great wasn't good enough. I have to be greater. You know, he said he thought he knew what he needed to do. You know, he thought by giving in and, you know, becoming the monster that, you know, he doesn't refer, he doesn't say the fiend, but it, he, he kind of know he's referring to the fiend, you know. The way he, he describes it. Right, you know, as far as wearing a mask and feeling invulnerable, like nothing can hurt him. Um, but he also realized that that was leading him down a path of nothingness, you know, and he was, he, he even dubbed himself the, the king of nothingness, or he lived in the kingdom of nothingness while he was, you know, under this moniker. He talks about how, you know, he feels like no one loves him, and people love the idea of him and the things he's capable of, but he doesn't even love himself. The promo itself is kind of going in a weird direction. He says, my name is Bray Wyatt three different times, louder and louder. He says that he's going to rewrite the ending of his story, and that's why he's here. Yeah, this so, whole thing is weird. It's like one minute he's here, one minute he's there. All right, so that last sentence where he says he's here to rewrite the ending to his story. Okay, boom. Took a month to get that out. Yeah. Cody Rhodes did that shit in one promo. Monday Night Raw. I'm here to win the title that my father never won. Yeah. Boom. I love Bray Wyatt, and these promos are great, but I could have used that a week or two ago, or three. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I get impatient, too. I don't know if that's me just being... Again, we were talking about this last episode, okay? How I'm just kind of like... I'm just kind of getting antsy. I wonder where the fuck this we're is so going. We're so used to things just being paid off quick. Right. Yeah. I, but, all right, is that this? Is that, is this that? Or am I right? Is this like, all right, you could have just fucking said that in the first promo Yeah, because promo this is his third promo in, and he still hasn't really said it. Right, and, and the SmackDown before this, I didn't mention before, but I feel like it should be mentioned. Like, he was talking about how he hates getting interrupted, and he was talking about Uncle Howdy interrupted him back, you know, in his last promo. And he gets interrupted by some random fucking schmuck. And the background and Bray Wyatt goes completely fucking nuclear on him. Talking about, you remind me right now of the guy that cuts you off in traffic. And, you know, all I want is 30 seconds with him to do whatever I want with him. So can you please look me in the eye and apologize and mean it? I told him he wanted to smash his head against that wall. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, you know, could have sold fear a little more than he did because he was just like staring right at him as Bray Wyatt is going off on him. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt kind of like shows sympathy at the end. He's like, I know you're sorry. I know you're sorry. Just please leave me alone. And he was like upset with himself. So it's like, okay, it's interesting. But what the fuck is this about? But at least with this last sentence of this promo in Saudi Arabia, I'm here to rewrite the ending of my story. Okay, awesome. Then Uncle Howdy interrupts him. And, you know, the character asks, why, you know, why do you wear a mask? He said, it must hurt forcing yourself to be someone you're not. You can't fool him. And he also questions who knows Bray Wyatt better than he does. 
Uncle Howdy also said that Wyatt will give in when and when he does, he wants him to remember how good it feels. And he says, just don't take the mask off and tell me I'm wrong. So I feel this adds more speculation that Uncle Howdy is Bo Dallas. And being that Bray Wyatt in the beginning of this promo reveals that he comes from a wrestling family. Again, he didn't mention anybody by name, but those who know, know that his father was Mike Rotunda, IRS. His uncle is Barry Windham. He also is also related to Black Jack Mulligan. And for what it's worth, Bo Dallas, his younger brother. So to me, you know, we're acknowledging family or he's acknowledging that he actually has family in the business. For some reason, they never did this when him and Bo Dallas were on the same roster. I think this is even more, you know, just adds more fuel to the Bo Dallas speculation being Uncle Howdy. Yeah, I, I think it's him. I just don't know where they go. Does he feud with him or does he team with him? I would like to maybe feud first, and I don't know. I don't know. But at least we got a reason why Bray Wyatt is back and why he's this way. He wants to rewrite and rewrite his, you know, the ending of his story, and he wants to basically, I don't know, conquer his demons. So, okay. Cool. I don't think he needed this long to say that. Nah, he could have got this out second promo. So. Maybe even his first. Yeah. yeah. But then we don't, we, again, we don't know where it's going. Right, me. right. So again, we got to be patient. I'll give it a mid. I'll give it a mid just because I'm trying to be patient and at least we got one answer. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But that led us to the main event. Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. For some reason, Paul Heyman didn't do the, the introduction for Roman Reigns, which I thought was kind of odd. Yeah, I'm used to Paul grabbing the mic. And, you know, cutting off the ring announcer and whatnot. But again, um, we saw some crazy spots in this match, man. Logan Paul, look, he might not have it character-wise. Um, he does come off as a, well, a fucking cornball, honestly, when he's on yeah, the mic. Yeah, he, he in the ring he has... Yeah, something. he cheese-dicks it up on the mic and in promos, but in the ring... Especially for a guy in his third match, he's impressive as hell. He is. The guy's a fucking athlete, man. <laughs> like he gets crazy yeah, air. He clears the ropes and his frog splashes and shit. Dude, like you know, fast forward a little bit in the match. Obviously, Roman Reigns dominates a lot of it, but we're gonna fast forward to the you know the big spot in the match where he he has Roman Reigns draped over the announce table and he picks the cell phone up from his two, you know, co-hosts from Impulsive. His two co-hosts from Impulsive, uh, their front row, you know, right by the announce table. And Logan Paul is recording himself on video while he's on the top rope about to fucking come crashing down on Roman Reigns through the announce table. And he actually gets great footage because I think you just showed me... Yeah, the video is cool. ...the footage from the actual cell phone he was using. But my God, Logan Paul had to be in the air for more than two seconds because he should not have landed as perfectly as he did on the Roman Reigns from the top rope to the announce table. It's a fucking thing of beauty. Yeah, Uh, he's really athletic. Thing of beauty. Um, this led to the Usos coming down and they yanked his two co-hosts over the fucking barricade and it was beautiful. They destroyed these two dickheads. Um, they super kicked the shit out of both of them. The one smaller guy ate a furious super kick from Jimmy Uso that I think we were wound a couple times and got a good laugh at. Um, and then that led to Jake Paul coming out, that idiot. 
which I, I could do without that. I could always do without Jake Paul. I think everybody can. Fucking guy. Um, he came down and made the tag team champions look like a bunch of fucking schmucks, which I didn't really care for at all. Um, again, these guys are on the verge of breaking the tag team title reign, you know, the record amount of days. And here Jake Paul comes out just because a week or two ago he beat Anderson Silva out of his fucking prime. And he, you know, fake knocks out Jimmy and Jey Uso one at a time. So there go your tag team champions. I, I yeah. that, that bothered me. I, I, I don't know about you, but that bothered me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's just, just, all right, stop. They're coming up on a record and you got this guy coming here. Exactly. Like, just coming in and like, all right, like how about you just have the fucking Paul brothers beat them for the tag titles? Yeah. I, you know, let me not even fucking say that. Give him an idea. Um... You know, and then this led to Solo Sokoa coming out. He comes out here, and he's about to approach Jake Paul. Or, or yeah, Jake Paul. Or, yeah, Jake Paul's the, the younger brother. Well, I don't know why I got him and Logan mixed up. Probably because they're brothers. Um, <laughs> Probably. So a bunch of officials, you know, they get between them, and then the Usos are right behind Jake Paul, and they're about to get some revenge, but not before Logan Paul does a, a beautiful dive over the fucking top ropes without even touching their fucking ropes. Onto the Usos, so we're still burying the Usos, but at least it looked nicer this time. Um, and then when Logan Paul got back in the ring, Roman Reigns met him with a fucking Superman punch that Logan Paul, not for nothing, sold beautifully. Yeah, it looked like he really got knocked out. Yeah, um, one spear later, and Roman Reigns gets the one, two, three. I don't think anybody doubted Roman, you know, going over. But this match was entertaining as hell. All, you know, aside from Jake Paul making the tag team champions look like a bunch of fucking chumps. I could always deal without crap like that, you know? Like, I don't necessarily like it when Brock Lesnar does that. But I can, I can deal with it. I can, I can get over that because it's Brock Lesnar and he's fucking huge. I, yeah, I don't want to see... Yeah, fuck Jake Paul. I, who the hell are you? <laughs> like, you're taking out two guys? Please. Maybe to dinner. <laughs> Maybe. Give me a fucking break. Um, match itself, though, a lot of fun. Logan Paul, um... Gets a high from me. I, I, this match gets a high. What definitely gets a low is what we just figured out and just found out, like, literally seconds ago. Mike, you just showed me an yeah, image. Yeah, I guess he tore his meniscus and his MCL and ACL, Logan Paul. <laughs> which is, like, okay, that's what he needs. <laughs> that sucks to hear, um, if that, in fact... I mean, yeah, you just showed me the picture and his... Yeah, I think he had ice wrapped around, uh... Yeah, he was knee. in the trainer's room. Was that on Instagram? Was yeah. that his Instagram? No, the Ringside News Instagram. Okay. So, yeah, shit. Literally breaking news. So, there you go. Logan Paul torn, what, MCL, you said? Meniscus, MCL, and ACL. Shit. Yeah, that's what the picture said. I can't imagine uh, WrestleMania's in his future at SoFi Stadium. If that's the case, that doesn't, you know, being that that's five months away, that's nah, not something. No, nah. that's not something you heal. And that kind of sucks months. because they could have used his draw power. Yeah. So Crown Jewel, I you know there was a couple clunky matches in there. All in all, I'll give this like a six and a half out of ten. It wasn't my favorite pay per view, but it did have some really entertaining matches, some you know fun spots, fun moments. I'll go with a seven. You know, solid seven. Uh, main event was fun. Brock and Bobby told a really good story and had a surprising finish. Before we go, I do want to give a, a very brief AEW. Um, you know, I'm just going to recap what's worth recapping. Um, Jeff Jarrett is in AEW. 
And Jeff Jarrett has quietly had like a hell of a year. Um, he showed up in GCW earlier this year. A lot of people um, might remember when he can't remember the name of the girl that he just clocked over the fucking head with the guitar and dragged her around the ring with her head in it. But that was a hell of a fucking moment. Um, and then one weekend, he referees the tag title match at SummerSlam between the Usos and the Street Profits on a Saturday. And then Sunday, he's having Ric Flair's very last match while Ric Flair tags with Andrade to face Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And now it looks like Jeff Jarrett is still going to be associated with Jay Lethal because he attacked Darby Allen after their match. He smashed Darby Allen over the head with a fucking guitar, which I'm sure you got a, a, a huge kick out of. I did, but it's just like the way Darby turned around and it was like... Braced for it. It was kind of annoying. Me. Like, I'm waiting. It's like, ah, oh, and then you wonder why I don't like the fucking... He guy. made it too obvious. He was he basically knew Jeff Jarrett was turning he him around. He him with the guitar that honky-tonk hit Jake the Snake with. Right. Um... But I do like it just because, hey, man, Jeff Jarrett's a hell of a wrestling mind, and AEW can use him backstage. You know, and, they and not to mention Jeff Jarrett's still in great shape. He looks great, he dude. His wrestle. arms look jacked. I kind of wish WWE didn't fire him. Yeah, but all four of these happened for Jeff Jarrett, GCW, WWE, Ric Flair's last match. Now he's in AEW. We give him the fucking book. Yeah, I, I at the very least, I'm looking forward to a match. With him and Jay Lethal versus Darby and Sting, because I think him and Sting, they can definitely make some fucking, uh, yeah, they, they could recreate some magic in that ring. and show that match with Flair, he could have one with Sting. Show these fucking kids how it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm all right with that. So I, I was kind of, I thought that was really cool. That was a good get for AEW, Jeff Jarrett, um, who wasn't a good return. Chris Jericho had a, uh, a mystery opponent who was going to face a former Ring of Honor world champion. A lot of people speculated it being Chris Hero, which actually would have kind of been, would have been nice. It was Colt fucking Cabana. The reason why their biggest draw and their EVPs are suspended right now. This guy looked like a fucking idiot. What was he dressed in? What the fuck was this? Like some sort of geed or some sort of like... It looked like it. Either like an idiot. Yeah. It's almost like this was a fuck you to CM Punk. Definitely. Why else would you bring this fucking hand job back to parade him out there to lose to Chris Jericho? It was right then and there. I realized this is why I haven't been tuning into AEW. You go from Jeff Jarrett to Cole Cabana. And I was told that this was going to be a big it dynamite. Was right then and there that I told myself, this is why I don't tune into AEW. Basically. But yeah, guys, that's all we got for this At week. All, like, period. I know. This is all we got for this week. Crown Jewel. A little bit of, you know, brief AEW recap. Gunther and Ray was great. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Mike, we got one more minute. Any last thoughts? No, solid show. I want to see where they go from here. I get to go to the fucking Raw after Saudi Arabia. Yes, and and actually, next episode, we'd like to hear a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be dope. So, uh, be dope. I can't wait. Something to look forward to. Gotta pick a shirt to win. There you go. Might buy me an honorary U shirt. There you go. So, yeah, guys. Over and out. That's the show for this week. We'll talk about Mike's experience at Raw. The Raw right after Crown Jewel. After the Crown Jewel. I get to deal with all the fucking fat, nasty, wilkes bear people again. Sounds like fun. I know you can't wait. (laughs) We can't wait to hear about it. But until then, for Mikey Bravo, this is Lex James. We will see you next week. 